I'm saying is that, what's his name? Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. All I'm saying is that Robert De Niro does not take me places emotionally that other actors can. And I think that Robert De Niro, while is able to do a certain thing or two, he's not, re I don't know, he's just not that guy for me. Oh, please, man. You have not washed yourself uh -huh. in the full oeuvre of Robert uh -huh. De Niro. Robert De Niro is, is you know, considered one of the greatest living actors. I know he's considered that. He is he is But also Wes Craven is considered a master of horror and really he only did like a handful of really great movies. True. Toby Toby Hooper who directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is considered a master of horror. He did one really effective movie and that was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I just feel like Robert De Niro while he is considered to be one of the world's greatest actors, I think he falls for me in the realm of other actors who I would say are like Harvey Keitel or uh you know Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Um where they have their their shtick and they mm -hmm. rely on that shtick and maybe they had done the hard work early in their careers right to disappear into their roles mm -hmm. instead you know I, I would say Gary Oldman is a an actor who disappears into roles so he much does. so that sometimes I'm like oh shit that's Gary Oldman right right De Niro I've always said oh there's Gary there's um Robert De Niro doing a movie no see okay Robert De Niro maybe within the last 20 years 15, 20 years, there are a lot of films where he's, he, he's you know, collecting a check mm -hmm. or he's been asked to just be Robert De Niro and bring to it everything that that involves, you yeah. know, being the, the rough, tough guy. That's yeah. true. But even still, even within the last, within that time, every once in a while, he's asked to step outside of that mm -hmm. and give you something different. Case in point, The Intern, a movie that he did with Anne Hathaway, not the greatest movie in the uh -huh. world, but he is asked to be like a kindly, you know, old, you know, nebbish type of guy. Okay. And he pulls it off because the man can act his okay. butt off. All right. You know? He just chooses not to? No, he, no, but look, when he is asked to be Robert De Niro, mm -hmm. even then, in some of those movies, he still brings mad, mad gravitas okay. to a role. Everybody like celebrates, and, and maybe this is over twenty years ago. Heat, the movie that he did oh. with Al Pacino. Al yeah. Pacino, he's a beast in that movie. He is the coolest thing walking mm -hmm. in that movie. And as much as I'm a fan of Al Pacino, that movie is all about Robert De Niro. That's another dude, Al Pacino. He shows up and he just Al Pacino's all over the place. Now I think he more Al Pacino's all over the place than Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro's all over, all the, place? over the place. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> because if you yeah. see Robert De Niro in Heat, right? Mm -hmm. So let's let's look at Heat. When 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 was Heat? Ninety four. Ninety five. I just made that up. Oh really? That was in nineteen ninety five. Nice. I was close. All right. So you look, you look. So look in the nineties. Nineties. Robert De Niro. Uh -huh. In the '90s, we have Goodfellas. Oh, come, yeah, of course. But he's but he's definitely on his alpha male in, yeah. in Goodfellas. Yeah. But he's killing it in Goodfellas. You've got literally Heat. You've also got Kate Fear, one of the <sighs> most terrifying roles you will ever I ask for. Just rewatched that. About, I want to say about three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, Kate Fear. I haven't seen this since the theater. Right. Yeah, it was great. Yes. It was great. Right. Beast. He's he's, uh, he's terrifying. Also, you have him in one of the, I think that may be the only feature film that he directed, A Bronx Tale. 
Never seen it. See, now you need to see the Bronx Tale because he plays against type in that because he's not the gangster in that. (gasps) He's the father. I just thought of something. He played a gay pirate in Stardust. Yes. But I was still going, oh, there's Robert De Niro playing a gay gay pirate in Stardust. And he was also in the Bullwinkle movie. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know what? I take it back. I'm sorry. It's garbage, <laughs> but he was in the Bullwinkle movie. Uh-huh. All right, so the man, the man was he was he alive? Was that that was like a live action animated thing mashup, well, or was that just an animated thing? I think I think no, it was a live action mashup. Uh-huh. It was a live action mashup. Um, he's also in Jackie Brown. He's oh. in um, Men of Honor. He's in the Mission. The Mission. Oh, that's a deep movie. That's a real real deep cut. Silver Linings Playbook. He was in. He was in that. Was he in that? I forgot. Yes, he was. The and you forget he's you know made fun of his of you know who he is in the analyze this movies, analyze oh. this and analyze that, as well as in the Meet the Parents movies. See, that's just him still being himself. That's but just, it's but this is what if, doing what comedy. If, what if you were marrying a woman and her dad was Robert De Niro? Is that role? Okay. Did you ever see Wag the Dog? No. Yes. You, I couldn't. I couldn't get through it. I was bored. Bored. I was bored. Are you out of your mind? That's one of the funniest black comedies of all time. Yeah. And he's totally against typing that. Is he? All right. Yes, he is. Well, that's that was written by um, a guy who I did not appreciate at the time when it came out, but have grown to. Was Isn't he the guy who does... Um, is that uh, Aaron Sorkin? Aaron Sorkin. Yes. The West Wing. Yes. Newsroom, one of my favorite shows. Yes. Yeah, so I, that's one of those ones that is actually on my list to go back and- You need to go back and yeah. watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. need to go back and watch that. You, 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 you're killing me, Smalls. You're okay. killing me. All right? And then I'm going to give you a little piece- All right, so I'm going to give you some uh-huh. Robert De Niro homework. Okay. Okay? All right, here we go. So you have to see Wag the Dog. Okay. You also have to see, now this is going back into the archives a little bit, but it's a movie called The King of Comedy from 1982. Right, where is, is, uh, he plays a guy who like lives in his basement and he's yes. got to pretend um, late, night late night set. Set. Yeah. Yeah. And he's all and he and he's like wants to he's chasing down this like Johnny Carson you know, archetype played he, by like, Jerry Lewis. And he, he um kidnaps him. Yes. Yes, I've seen this. Yes. Well that was great. Okay. That was great. You've seen it all right. That was great. All right, fair again, enough. Again, again, I'm still saying he was excellent and did different things when he was younger and now he just okay. Robert okay. De Niro's all okay. over okay. your face. Okay. 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 <laughs> so you then you also need to see from nineteen ninety uh-huh. Awakenings with uh, yeah. Robert De Niro, yeah. Robin Williams, directed by Penny Marshall. Oh, yes, you need to see that. That's a great movie about um, a guy who comes out of like this, uh, like this disease stupor that he was in. He's sure. brought out of it by the, by this um, this. Now doctor. is this is this the one where um, um, Robin Williams is running around the park with his dick out? That's the Fisher King. No, the Fisher it's the wrong, King. It's okay. a different movie. Okay, it's a totally different movie. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, Wait, you, isn't there? That's the that's that movie, right? Like he no, wrote, that, that is that movie. That is that movie. Yeah, that's, that, that's and that I was movie. like, oh, Robin Williams. Dick. All right, all right. That's weird. You, you happy? All right. I'm happy. All right. Then you also <laughs> you also need to see. Have you ever seen Copland? Oh yeah, with, Ro- so, with Sylvester Stallone. Yes. See, that was Sylvester Stallone doing some work that I had not seen him do in a while. True. But that Robert De Niro plays just a just a, a regular cop in that. Yeah, does he? Yes. Oh, I gotta oh, I'd love to rewatch that. Yeah, you say you need to rewatch that. I'm gonna that. start a Robert De Niro podcast just so I can go back and rewatch all these movies. <laughs> you need to see Sleepers. Did you ever see Sleepers about oh, a, a, about the prison guards? Yes. Ooh, but Kevin Bacon. With Kevin Bacon, yes. Yeah, I did see that. Robert De Niro, I think, he plays in a priest that? in that. Oh, damn. Yes. Um I know you probably saw Backdraft. Oh, of course. 
Uh, and I'll give you one last piece of, and you mentioned Stardust. Uh, one last piece of Robert De Niro homework for you. I hope someone's oh, you know what? Down, you know it. your last piece of Robert De Niro homework will be coming up later on this year. Oh, okay. He's got because something Robert up? De Niro is in, and this gets us into some gutter talk. Oh, because yeah. Because he's We're doing a in uh, the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Is he? Yes, he is. Did they even show him in the trailer? No, he's not in the trailer. Look at that. But he's in the movie. Let. Wh- What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I'm Johnny Destructo. And I'm the Bat Tribble. We are here at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA. It's Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. It's my comic shop. We're here to talk about a bunch of nonsense. Uh, Let's start off with the Joker trailer. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I totally forgot about it. Uh, I had heard that they were making this, and I went, neat. And that's all the thought I gave it. Yeah, pretty much everybody else, too. The trailer came out, and I went, neat. Really? The trailer uh, didn't do anything for you? Not yet. So what I would say, and I'm sure this I'm not the first person to say this, is that it feels to me like Joker by way of Martin Scorsese. Yes, who was a producer on the film. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you no didn't kidding. know that. I yes. didn't know that. Yes. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, like Sort of like Taxi Driver-ish. Mm-hmm. But even more, I was nebbish the word I want to look for? Yeah. 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 Um, the, do you, yes. Len, yes. the Bat Tribble, do, are you interested in a Joker origin story or is he someone like i would say wolverine who is stronger with a mysterious past i i want to say that because you know if you've historically grown up with the joker from the comic books you've never known his origin that you're inclined to say ah he's stronger without knowing his past Mm -hmm. you know um much like wolverine uh, but I think ever since, and this is already 20 years ago, ever since um, Alan Moore kind of start filling in a little bit of the backstory of the Joker that we knew mm-hmm. already, because we kind of already knew historically that he was in the, he was like, had a red, he was part of the Red Hood gang, yeah. the Red Hood, fell into acid, next thing you know, he's a Joker. Now let me ask you though, is that did that not come from the Alan Moore? No, that came from the comics. Joke? No, that came from the comics. No, that came from the comics. The whole thing, what Alan Moore, the Killing Joke, did was oh. fill in the backstory of the guy that wore the red hood. Right. And even then, that was kind of hinted at in the comics, mm-hmm. but Alan Moore kind of like t- went deeper into it, like his whole his whole. Pregnant backstory, wife pregnant and wife, and all that stuff. And, yeah. yeah, he kind of filled in the blanks there. Getting him actually into that hood. Right. So because that kind of put some essence of a backstory of the Joker into into your head, mm-hmm. you go into, at least comic book fans, most comic, a lot of comic book fans, mm-hmm. go into reading the Joker with that in the back of your head. Because of that, I don't mind them trying to maybe flush out a story of the Joker if they can make it an interesting story. Right. This looks like, it looks very interesting. Joaquin Phoenix is an interesting actor. He is. Very interesting. He can be, yeah. He can be. He, he, well, let me put it this way. I always find him interesting. I may not always agree with his choices that yeah. he does in movies, but I can al- I always look, every time I see him in a movie, I see him, he's made a choice and he's going for it. Yeah. He doesn't phone it in. Yeah. So, 
and this does not look phoned in, at least by the trailer. You can never tell by the trailer because that's cut a certain certain yeah. way. But it's enough that this movie that I was very much ambivalent about, yeah. they've stoked my curiosity. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it hasn't shown me anything new. Nothing in this trailer made me go, oh, my God. That's what an interesting choice. So it's just a bunch of him being a schlub, getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Being a, um, but to show him being a clown, a clown, as opposed to a comedian, right? Um, and him look like he's kind of like he's reconciling with a whole lot of stuff, yeah. And he's very, he's very gaunt, yes, very gaunt, very skinny. Um, he looks a lot like, and maybe it's just the hair. It could literally just be the hair. He's got the the same hair as um, Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you could definitely see this Joker becoming Heath Ledger's mm-hmm. Joker. As opposed to... As opposed to Jack Nicholson. Or... Uh, Jared Leto. Yeah. that uh, That's probably the biggest thing it's got going for it, as far yes. as I'm concerned, is that they have gone, you know what? Uh, Jared Leto, maybe it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Let's get this other guy. We're going to do a whole different Joker. Oh. Because had this been a Jared, Loder, Loder, <laughs> a Jared Leto uh, origin story, I would be... Less no. than interested. No, no. But at least I'm I'm interested enough that I'm going like, oh yeah, I'll check it out. No, no, no. That Joker, the Jared Leto Joker, <laughs> is in the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern universe. Yes, yes. Although that begs the question, we have Suicide Squad, which mm-hmm. deals with the Harley Quinn who was with that Joker, which is where we saw him, right? Yes. And now we've got another Suicide Squad movie coming that still has that same Harley. Do you think we're going to see that Jared Leto Joker again? Now, and also, sub question, Mm -hmm. or I guess sub uh, point, is that he's also been cast as Morbius for the Spider Man spinoff movie. And he's already filming that. Jared Leto. Yes. Yes. Um, So will we see the Jared Leto Joker again? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, If we do. They may bring him in just for a quick bit mm-hmm. or repurpose some footage that they've already shot because no. from there was a bunch a bunch hit the cutting room floor yeah. of suicide squad. I think one of the things that d c universe seems to be doing, or at least the uh what they're putting out the mm-hmm. the message that they're putting out is that they're not above creating movies that exist in separate universes yes yeah. so i I think. The idea is that this Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix is in its own kind of pocket thing. And if it connects with some other movie that they do, maybe it will, Mm -hmm. maybe it won't. I don't see it connecting with Suicide Squad in any type of way. So Suicide Squad will live in its own world. I honestly think Suicide Squad 2 is more to just kind of like, all right, Suicide Squad... They can't believe it. It was a hit. Yeah. So yeah. we've got to do number two. But really, I think they're putting all their their uh, eggs in the basket that is Birds of Prey um. and trying to take the Harley Quinn character, mm-hmm. use her as the linchpin to get you to Suicide Squad 2, but really like She's going off and take her, her off thing. and do her own thing at Birds of Prey. Cool. Yeah, I'm curious if they do have Jared Leto in this other one, or or if in Birds of Prey, it'll probably just so that, be so that um, Harley can kick her, to, kick him to the curb. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like sort of break out of her uh, that relationship, that the abuse and all that sort of stuff. Right. Because I think it's an important thing to have. Yeah. For her character, 
Well, yeah, yeah, you need it for yeah, which I think they character. attempted a little bit in Suicide Squad, and it just I don't know if it all hit the cutting room floor, but it didn't wasn't really effective. So I'm curious to see where they're going to move with this. But actually, the more we're talking about this this new Joker movie, the more I'm getting kind of like oh, I'll go see it. I'll I'm getting kind of excited. Yeah. For, I mean, hey, how funny would it be though if this new Joker movie comes out, and who knows where this Joker is going to be at the end of the film? Mm-hmm. Because I also think that this is a little bit of a a period piece, as much yeah, of a period piece it. can be, it because it, it looks like it takes place back maybe in the eighties or early nineties. Yeah, you know, so so you never know where that Joker's going to be at the end of the movie. But suppose he is full blown Joker on his way to being full blown Joker. Cut to Birds of Prey. Yeah, and full blown Joker comes in. It takes out the Jared Leto oh, Joker. Uh, see, I was just, I was thinking that, but my immediate thought was you would need to get Jared Leto to sign off on having himself, you know, murdered by the real Joker. And I don't think you're going to get, he doesn't seem like a guy who'd be like, oh yes, let's do this. Well, depending on how much they're paying him for Mobius, he might. Oh, touche. Right, so uh, Steve, Steve, Steve is joining us in the studio. What's up, Steve? He was here to buy some of his on? weekly comic books from Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Thank you for your support. And he said, "I got a question for the podcast." So I said, "Why not just come on and ask us?" Go, Steve. Go. You know, you know, real quick. You know what you should do, JD? Uh, what? You should uh, uh, across your front door. You should put a curtain. So when everybody comes into the store, it's like they're stepping into a, uh, a talk stu- show. Yeah. Like live, yeah, you know, yeah. live lights. And you can yeah. have like an applause light, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. The, and every time the door opens, it's like. Dun, 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 dun. Um. Anyway, Steve, <laughs> what's your question, bud? Who would win in a fight, the Night King from Game of Thrones or Necron of the DC universe? Okay, so I have my answer, which I know is the correct answer. Uh, let's start with Brandon. Well, first of all, oh, Jamie, Brandon, why don't you tell people who's the Night King You're right. and who is Necron? So when he first asked me this question up at the register, I went, who's the Night, Night King? Because I forgot that the guy from Game of Thrones had a name. I was just like, oh, he's like the leader of the White Walkers. So uh, well, the he Night wears King, a crown. He's got a crown. He doesn't he's have a king. crown. He does he have a crown. He spiky things. Well, he's it looks like a crown. He's got a Bart Simpson head that looks like a crown. Icy Darth Maul, if you will. Icy Darth Maul. So, um... Yeah, so basically, if you're watching Game of Thrones, he's the guy who's bringing all the shit, right? He's, he's the winter that is coming. Yes, he, he is the, the winter, winter that, that it is coming. All over Game of Thrones. And Necron is basically a devil that exists within the... He's the, the Lord of Death, I would say, right? Right, Lord DC of the universe. Underworld in DC Comics. Yeah, and he's one the one them. who brought about the Blackest Night uh, crossover, which is one of my favorite DC crossovers, where he sends out um, black, black, rings. black lantern rings, which mm-hmm. resurrect... Um, Heroes and and uh, different characters. So is so, Necron more or less just the Black Lantern? Well, he created kind of the Black right? Lantern. Yeah. So yeah. Yes, okay. He's Black Lantern. All right. Mm. All right. He's like the All Guardians, right. but for dead people. Yeah. Brandon. Yes. So who wins between <laughs> the Night King and Necron? I would go with uh, the Night King because he's all powerful. He's got everything, and he can resurrect like just regular people, as opposed to just like the heroes. He doesn't, and he doesn't have to just like send out his little rings. And there's how many dead people are there in the world? Millions. I think that's even a statistic that there's like there's more dead people than there are living. Oh well, yeah, that is yeah. the th- that is the thing about Game of Thrones, like you know that you know Jon Snow is trying to educate everybody on. Like he has a limitless army, yeah. you know, and his army grows 
even when he battles us because mm-hmm. as we die, he just brings them back on his side. Yes. He doesn't need more jewelry like Necron. All right, man, throwing shade. Listen, I'm just saying that Necron would win because in The Blackest Night, the rings go and they get super-powered beings like Green Lanterns and they got Hawkman and Hawkgirl. So he's resurrecting literal superheroes and supervillains who, you know, the, the what's his name? Icy Nuts over here. He only brings back regular people. Mm, mm. So I'm just saying. Icy, icy Nuts. Oh, Icy can, Nuts. You can say that this side of Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> well, while... The Night King brings back dead people or whatever. Necron has also brought back people who were alive or changed them into Black Lands. That's the right. The way that he did Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman, anybody who has previously died and come back to life. I forgot about that. The Night King, as far as I know, can't... Like, he can make whites. If whites, the little babies. Yeah. Uh, Craster's babies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, he can make whites, but he has to physically touch them. Mm-hmm. All... Necron, Necron did to Superman, Wonder Woman, and, and that whole group was, he said, die, and then they all died. Yeah. But weren't they already dead? They had died and then came back, like pretty- Kal-El, not Kal-El. Like, yeah. Kal, just, I forget which. Yeah, I one of the Supermans. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, he's yeah. bringing back literal Supermen to yeah. fight. The Night King brought back a dragon. And yeah. giants. Yeah, and giants. Yeah, but I'm just saying. There's so he brought back. Well, he brought back these supernatural oh, wait, things hold, in his hold world. On. Hold on, that's a good. That's a good. Because last time we had this conversation, but when we weren't what, recording when? correctly, um, Len said he brought back dragons. That was his big revelation. And I said, well, yeah, but that at most you've only got three dragons. However, can the Night King bring back dragons? Because that's the dragon he brought back just died. Yes. But the world used to be riddled with dragons. Mm. Can he bring back the corpses of all those other dragons that have been dead for centuries? Whose bones are sitting underneath uh, uh, King's the, Landing. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's actually a theory. Ooh. But my thing is, I don't think... Because he touched the dragon. So I think the dragon was more like him creating a white as opposed like As opposed to bringing him back to right. from not death. Not like completely rotted yet. Yeah. Right. There have been skeletons, but I think most of the... Oh, right. There are skeletons when um, Jojen, I don't know if I'm saying Jojen. Yeah. When, when he got killed, they were all pretty much skeletons. There was no right. skin or muscle right. or whatever on them. But the drag, I don't know of any other dragon bones other than the ones underneath the Red Keep. And that's just, those are just skulls. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I guess that's a good point. If if he brought back dragon bones, they wouldn't be able to fly because they wouldn't have wings. They would just have bones. I mean, it, it could it's still like magic. And they are pretty like much a, just the head there. So maybe a maybe giant can dragon head at the foot of something, and then it'll just like. It'll be a giant dragon Pac Man. Plus, there's no proof that he can bring back superheroes, too. Like yeah, there's if, just no superheroes in his world. Right. What if he if he kills one yeah. superhero, he gets that superhero. All right, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And he is it's a badass Necron, villain. Necron is nobody but a three dollar Mephisto Marvel's version of mm. the same freaking character. Yeah. And it's all because they don't can't use the devil because they don't want to get in, in, in uh trouble with the church. That's all. And and Necron's not even a, a good name. You know what? Necron. I feel like that's a good point. But I also feel like this is the answer to this question is it would never end because they would just keep resuscitating all of the dead soldiers over and over and over again and no one would actually No, win. oh no, it would end. This is where I was gonna mm-hmm. come. Because, see, the Necron's been beaten, and we know how he gets beaten. I don't I remember. I but <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the I had to look up. Ended, to so talk about like, popularity, I had to look up Necron when we started this conversation. I don't remember. But the only way to beat the Night King is with Valyrian Steel. So, like, what if mm. they don't even have it? 
then there's then the DC universe is screwed. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, there you go. So it's the Night King. How did they beat Necron, Research Boy? I'm on. It looks like they banished him somehow. It looked like they used all the rings, yeah. all the colors, white, and white. yeah, and oh, created white, the white lantern, right? Yeah, and then they banished him. Somehow. And that created the brightest day. Oh God. <laughs> well, thank oh, you so that's much. That's cute. Apparently, sorry. <laughs> Apparently, they said when Necron died that death would have a more per- would be more permanent in the DC universe. Oh sure. That's yeah cute. sure. Yeah we and we all believed it when they said it too. Right. Steve, do you have any more questions? Um, I can't stay that much longer, but you guys can talk amongst this one amongst yourselves. Who's smarter, Reed Richards or uh, Tony Stark? It doesn't matter. Reed Williams is smarter than both of them. It's Reed Richards. And so is Moon Girl. I would say Tony Stark because Reed Richards can cheat and make his brain bigger. Right, so... So wouldn't that be... It would, like, I think just based... cheat. Just based off of merit, like, being smart... Mr. Fantastic is smart, obviously, because yeah. he was a genius before he, yeah, they yeah. became the Fantastic Four. But I think anything past that, like, Tony has nothing to – he can't, like, make his brain bigger. Right, right. So saying. it's got to be Reed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wins. That's yeah, a good Reed. point. Plus, I would also say that Tony Stark is very technologically savvy, whereas Reed Richards thinks in a bunch of different dimensions that I don't think Tony Stark really works works in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Thanks so much, Steve. Appreciate it. Mm. Yay. 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 Yeah. Just just helping Brandon out. Thank you. That's what people do when they ask questions in in studio. I love when people do that. I think everyone should come down to the shop and ask us questions for the podcast. That's that's, uh, a lot of fun for me. And easy content. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We were dropped another trailer uh, this week. Which ish. was ish, yeah. What well, was like yesterday, wasn't it? I don't know. It was yesterday, and they dropped a trailer for the Adams Family Da-da-da-da. CG uh, CG film, and that's so catchy, isn't that so? How cool is it that that's still around from the sixties? And everyone knows the part. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So uh, the interesting thing to me was they dropped the trailer, and I was like, "Ooh, neat, Adams Family." Click, and I watched it, and I went, "Oh." I don't really like the look of these characters. I the don't like character the character designs. designs mm-hmm. Felt really weird and off to me. Mm-hmm. Turns out that through China Clugston, a friend of mine, and she's also a you know a comic book artist and writer, um, she let me know that hey dumbass, these designs are based on the original comic strip that the Adams Family came from. Yes. I had no idea. So my experience with the Adams Family was when I was a kid, there were reruns of the television show, which I quite enjoyed, and then they made a movie. And I went and saw this movie with my family in the theater, and I loved it. I walked out of that theater like humming the song, and I wish, right. I, you know, doing the hand, right? What was his name? Thing. thing. Yeah, I was doing the thing. I was crawling along all, all, all the stuff with my hand, pretending I had like a friend and thing. And uh, yeah, I was, I was really into it. And then the sequel came out, and I was like, that's fine. But... I loved that movie. Had no idea that there was a comic strip that originated everything. Yes. Did you know this? I, I was well aware of it. I was not aware of how old the comic strip was, but knowing that the TV series were from the 60s, I knew that the comic strip seri- comic strip was from years before. It's by uh, Charles Adams, mm-hmm. I think. Makes sense. And um, it was basically a single panel strip that I think... I don't think it was like a syndicated newspaper. I think it ran in like New Yorker magazine or yeah. something like that. Um, and was was a huge 
hit. People loved it. Um, Brandon actually filled in a little bit of dots. I wasn't aware that it started back in 1938. Holy cats. The same year as Superman. So that's how what? Old, that's how old those comic strips were. You know, so it means that when they started in the 60s, they were already 20 years old. Holy cats. You know I what I mean? I can't believe it. Um, so, but that's how popular that that they were. And, and they would definitely... That design that you see in the trailer was definitely how Charles Adams drew all of those characters. And I also, I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon has the wiki up, and I didn't realize that the Adams family only ran from '64 to '66, only two years. Yeah, the, two, the TV series. You, you got to remember. You got to remember. These were the days when TV series had over 30 episodes a season. You know oh, what I mean? so that is a lot of show. Right. Oh, okay. That's also, it's interesting to know that in the comic strip, if I remember correctly, and, and Brandon, you correct me if I'm wrong, that the comic strip, they were basically just these characters that he drew in the comic strip. It wasn't necessarily defined as a family. It really wasn't defined as a family until they honed in for the TV show. And that's because the TV show was going to be going head to head against the Munsters, which was a family. But wasn't it called the Adams Family? Well, I don't think the strip really had a name. I think it was really it was like cartoons, like these yeah. little cartoons that would no be kidding. in the New Yorker magazine. Oh, yeah. I'm learning so much. I had no idea. So, yeah, it says the characters were undeveloped and unnamed until the television series yep. production. Wow. Yeah. That also, is such a neat story. Apparently, the comics ran until 1988, which is surprising. Oh, yeah. I know they ran past like the series. In yeah. The New Yorker? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I crazy? Is, is, am I am I wrong to be a little surprised? This does not seem like New Yorker material. Oh, this is very much... Yeah. You got to remember, the the... The, the comic strip was a lot more satirical satirical and ironic, mm-hmm. uh, um, like closer to Far Side, if, right. if people remember the Far Side cartoon, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it, it, in its humor than the TV series would go. The okay. TV series would go a lot more broader, more into the macabre. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it, it, it definitely fit with that, you know, kind of like erudite intellectual type of vibe okay. of New Yorker. All right. So... Um, Talking about the trailer, though, I had no reaction to this trailer whatsoever other than, oh, man, Adam's family. That's kind of interesting. The CG looks great. The mm-hmm. character design, not so much. None of the gags landed for me at Me all. neither. Yeah. I did not even break a smile. No, not not at all. It doesn't do anything for me. The It looks in style and temperament to the Hotel Transylvania movies. Oh, the Adam Sandler Johns. Yeah. And which, you know, the first one was, it was cute enough. Mm -hmm. And then, who knew they could milk, I think like, three more movies out of it. But they did. God bless them. Do your thing. So, if it is by that camp, I can see like, all right, you know, we 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 uh we mind this the well is dry. Mm-hmm. Let's start over this Halloween with yeah. you know, known IP, the Adams family. Yeah. So I, I like that they, they went back to that aesthetic of mm-hmm. the original looks, but the jokes just don't land yeah. at all. But so. I will say that it, the in the voice talent, oh yeah, Oscar Isaacs, who's doing the Gomez, the father fa- character, he sounds like he's mimicking John Aston from the cartoon, not from the cartoon, from the um, the TV series, and I'm a huge John Aston fan, so I kind of like that, and I like Oscar Isaacs as well. Um, I don't know if I like 
John Aston's voice coming out of that character design. I kind of like John Aston's kind of look himself, which which is what Raul Julia played off of in the movies that you loved, Mm -hmm. J.D., when he played the character. So I don't know if I really buy that, but it was kind of cool hearing kind of like John Aston's voice again. Well, the one thing that did impress me about the trailer was when they show you all the voice actors. We've got Chloe Grace Moretz, Finn Wolfhard from um, Stranger Things. Yes, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Charlize Theron, Oscar Isaac, Nick Kroll, Bette Midler, Allison Janney. From uh, Allison Janney from the West Wing. From the West Wing. And also the TV series Mom and two-time Oscar-winning uh, supporting actress. Yeah, she's great. She's fantastic. Elsie Fisher. I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, I know that she's name. She's fifth grade. Yes. Eighth grade. Eighth, eighth grade. grade. Eighth grade, uh, that movie, yeah. But, yeah, anyway, that's kind of the only thing that spoke to me was like, oh, look at all these names. You so. know what? Charlize Theron, and I would imagine she's prob- probably doing Morticia's voice. You know, the, the, yeah, the mother. I think so, yeah. I, I've always been a fan of her. I mean, mm. she's a gorgeous woman, mm-hmm. but I've always I've I've grown to be become more of a fan of her acting over the years. Oh, I, I love she, her. I, think I she's don't great. think she was ever bad, mm. but I think she's she's certainly become more of a nuanced a- actress. But recently, she's done a little bit more uh, comedic things. Yeah, and I dig it. I yeah, I dig her. As soon as she came up, I thought of that movie she's doing with. Um Seth Rogen? Yes. With yeah. Seth Rogen where she's playing. Yeah, I like saw a, the trailer for that. Yeah. Um the, the what is it? The um oh call oh, I remember what it's called. It's the not the lookout. It's the um something it's a it's a one word type of thing. It's it's what I like about it, it's it's one of those rare movies where we get to see like a really unattractive white man nail a really, 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 really hot woman. Yeah. We don't get that enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God. It's, you know, it's one of those things that were, I, I was all I could think about so much during that trailer that it almost felt like it was a comedy about that sort of trope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and it turns out it's not. So I'm hoping that there's more nuance to this movie than uh, I've seen so far, but that didn't really impress me. The trailer doesn't impress me. Um, uh, speaking of Charlize Theron, though, who I love, I think she's great. She did a really, really funny bit, and um, she was in Arrested Development Season 3. Mm. Oh, was she? Yeah, she. Well, her, her the character she played is a little problematic because she's uh, d- mentally deficient, mm. and so he's d- Michael, not George Michael. Michael, yeah, just Michael is um, George Michael Senior. I guess is the character's name is dating her, and he doesn't realize that she just he just thinks she's quirky, and it turns out she's like. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember her. But she's that. delightful in it. She's yeah, so yeah, yeah. funny. And she really goes into the character mm-hmm. that she's so much fun to watch. So, you know, knowing that she's got some comedic uh, talent is not new to me. So uh, I'm hoping that um, these movies are funny. Yeah, she did a one-off on The Orville with the uh, ah. Seth MacFarlane kind of like Star Trek Yeah, uh, I saw show. one episode of that. Wasn't she like, I, I thought she great. was a series regular. No, she's not a regular. Hmm. No, she just did. A, she was just on one episode, and um, she was she was good on that. She yep. was good on that. That's a show that actually surprises me. Every that's what everyone has said to me. It surprises me. It's Seth MacFarlane really does not ever need to act, uh. Um, <laughs> uh, and there's certain aspects of the show that you could definitely see they're having fun at Star Trek's expense, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's you could tell that he still at his heart is a fan of Star Trek. Oh yeah. And wants to try and tell stories in that in that vein and it's it's kind of cool. Yeah, I hear it's fun. Yeah.
Here's my review of The Lion King. I don't care. It's another animated Lion King, except they animated it differently. It looks exactly like the original movie. Mm-hmm. It looks like a shot-for-shot remake of the original film. Why do I care about this? This is just so that they can keep the copyright for another, however, well, trademark try- or copyright? I, th- I always confuse those. Perhaps that, but I think it's more to, you know... Yes. Is it a cash grab? Yes. Let's put it out there. Yeah. It's a cash grab. But it also is try- is trying to appeal to a new audience sure. because there are a lot of there. There's an audience out there that won't go, won't look at a 2D animation yeah. movie anymore. You know what I mean? They, they they just can't see it. Like to them, animation is the CG that, that we know that started with Toy Story, you know? And so they're trying to... Do a little something updated. Something, uh, updated. And for every cash grab that you know feels like a hardcore cash grab, mm-hmm. you could still come out on the other side with something that's actually pretty freaking good, like the Jungle Book or Gwenpool. I have what or the what f- Gwenpool. Oh, I see a cash grab. I see what he's doing there. Okay. Um, I, then my next question was. Are any of these any good? I don't think I've watched any Wait. of the CG remade, like, you know, or, or slash live good. action. Right. I heard Jungle Book was good. Jungle oh, no. Book. I lied. I saw Beauty and the Beast. And that was a big hit. Did you like it? It was cute. It was fine. Jungle Book, Jungle Book was legitimately great. Wow. Yes. Jungle, I, I not, Jungle Book was legit. I've seen Jungle Book three times. Jungle Book is the movie is great. The credits are great. It's like great. Oh, right. It really is good. JD, do you know who's voicing Simba? Nope. Donald Glover. That's cool. Oh, I thought that would catch you. Um, so That's good. Not I've a, heard. Unless he's putting out an album. I mean, he'll probably sing. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> I heard that uh, Beauty and the Beast wasn't bad. Cinderella was a hit. Oh, I forgot they even did Cinderella. Yes, yeah, Cinderella was a hit. You know, Um, and maybe I'm just grumpy old. Apparently, there's more footage of Aladdin out there that some people are maybe coming around on that film. A little bit better about it. When I first saw him in the blue face, I was Mm -hmm. like, "Oh no!" But then I saw another trailer where it seems like when he first appears, maybe he's got that blue genie look. Uh, But when he appears throughout the rest of the movie, he's just sort of like Will Smith with a with a weird beard. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm curious to see it. It also looked like, um, in just the little snippet I saw, it seemed like he might rap the, um, yeah. what's that one genie song? Whatever it is. The one genie song. You ain't and I'm, never I'm had a friend like me? Yeah. 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 And I'm excited for that. If Will Smith's going to be rapping again, I'm I miss I'm Will Smith's rapping I don't miss Milk. I, I mean, I, I like don't. him as a rapper, but I don't necessarily I miss it. need a return to the Fresh Prince. I need it as a, like... As a novelty, I don't need it like full time. Well, you're about to get it as a novelty because yeah. he'll be rapping as a genie. It's gonna I'm, be great. Shut It'll up! Awesome. I'm excited. We got a voicemail. We got a voicemail. No, we don't. Oh, I'm so excited! Someone left us a voicemail. I'm gonna bring it up. I'm doing it. It's going great. From Christopher Saint Saucy. Sweet dreams. Hey JD, this is Chris Goodnight, aka Saint Saucy. This is for Gutter Talk. Ah, okay, that wasn't intentional. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. <laughs> kiss, kiss, bang, bang. James Gunn, James Gunn, with the yeah. and um, uh, 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 uh
You did say James Gunn directed uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I ain't stupid. I know what I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. There we go. Bye. All right, Christopher saying saucy sweet dreams. Thank you so much for leaving us that voicemail just so that you can rub in the fact that I was wrong and you were correct. Um, I bow to your superior knowledge about what I've said and done. Um, Thank you for pointing it out. Um, Because I didn't realize that I had said James Gunn. I know that it's not James Gunn. Yeah. It's uh, Shane Black. Right. Yeah, who did, um, ooh, what did he do? We Uh, did Iron Man 3. Well, yeah, Iron Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Lethal Weapon. Oh. Yeah. Not the first one. Yeah. He didn't direct it. I think he wrote it. Man, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, it it wasn't James Gunn for sure. So thank you so much for leaving us that very important voicemail. I'm going to have to write in because you guys are talking about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang way too much. It's the next Aquaman. You guys got to stop. Move on with your life. That is a good point. I'm so glad that you brought up Kiss Kiss Bang Bang because, Len, I got to tell you, that movie is really good. I really enjoy Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, Directed, written, and starring James Gunn. Uh, That's true. He, he did a really good job uh, yes. playing all of the characters. Yes, he's la, the kiss and the bang. Yeah, d- times two. Um, so thank you so much for the voicemail. If you guys want to leave a voicemail, you can go to cultspopgo.com, and there's a bright red banner on the right. You can click on that. You can leave me a voicemail, and we'll listen to it on the show. It'll be great. Len. I am mad that that, <laughs> that he sounds exactly like <laughs> I would expect Chris St. Saucy Goodnight to sound. Sound like, yeah. He sounds exactly like a Chris St. Saucy goodnight. We have letters. Oh, we've got letters. We've got lots, lots and, and lots and lots and lots, lots of letters. letters. This one is a letter, email that came to me. It's from Clemic Lewis Jr., a.k.a. Black Ronin. What's up, fellas? Here are a couple of questions for your next show. Keep up the great work. Big fan of the show. Also, keep Brandon around. Aww. I like that young man's question. Yay! Yay! Thank you. <laughs> this first one is for the whole squad. Oh, shit. Who is your favorite black superhero character and why? Mm. Now, I answered, actually, he, he sent in a separate question to the Michaud mission mm-hmm. and he asked these same questions of me and Vince and I answered it on the most recent episode. Um, where I said that my favorite character is, uh, that's a good question. Who did I say it was? <laughs> oh, it is um, Storm. Oh. That was, yeah. I would say she's my favorite black um, superhero character because that's what he asked, who was, was my favorite black superhero character. It's Storm. I, I just loved her from, from her origin. I love the whole um, ambiguity of whether or not she was a uh, um a mutant or a goddess when she was first created. Uh, I've loved, for the most part, some of the things that they have done with her over the years. I've fallen out of some touch with her, and I didn't like the whole idea of her being married to Black Panther because um, oh, that felt very even forced. Even I groaned at that. But overall, I would still say, you know, she is first and foremost my favorite Black superhero character. One of my favorite aspects of Storm was dealing with her. Um, claustrophobia yes which yeah, i thought I really was a like really that. nice touch because you've already got the fact that she's she wasn't treated the same as other mutants were she was revered as a goddess right from where she came from right um but in lieu of that she does have crippling mm-hmm. um uh anxiety when it comes to um being in, in, tra- in trapped in spaces and stuff which i thought was a really nice touch to her character mine would probably be i mean the first thing that came to mind is static shock 
for me. Static. Yeah, Static. Yeah. <laughs> static is my favorite. I think just because like that show as a kid was like real influential for me. And yeah, I think it would just it would definitely be that one. Um, I am currently watching Static Shock, the television show, on the DC app. Because I had never watched it, the animated series. I'd never watched mm-hmm. it on WB or CW or whatever the hell, Channel 57, whatever it was called. Um, so it's it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with it. It was like Saturday morning cartoon for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was really, I always loved that one. I, I also really like the pseudo hip hop like uh, theme song. Theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like almost there, but not quite, but it's like just cute enough. Yeah. Yeah. They did that a lot at, yeah, during that time. So I'm going to go with, Ooh. I don't know if this is an obvious answer or, or a cop-out answer, but I really do like Luke Cage. Um, okay. Mostly because of the TV show um, and what Brian Michael Bendis did with that character when he, like, I never cared about the Avengers. I literally never read Avengers until, like, the Ultimates happened. And then I was like, oh, this is an Avengers I can get used to. And then that sort of made me dive into the regular Avengers and Brian Michael Bendis with Avengers Disassembled. And he kind of brought that character to the forefront of the Marvel Universe for me. I never really yes, paid he attention did. to him. He did. Um, I know I tried out the um, Brian Azzarello Cage miniseries, no. which felt a little ex- exploitative. Yes. A little weird. Yes. Um, kind of uncomfortable. Garbage. Yeah. But uh, Brian Michael Bendis. Um, sort of wrote him in a way that I thought was interesting and he really worked hard to like bring him to the forefront of the Marvel Universe um, and I think the TV show while I don't think that the actor is the greatest mm-hmm, Mike Halter yeah he's charming enough that I enjoy watching him and I really liked his relationships throughout both Jessica Jones and the Luke Cage show so yeah I think he's a lot of fun and uh, I really want that hoodie but they don't sell it I'm surprised you didn't go Miles, Miles Morales. I love Miles, but in 16, in the, the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, yeah. Miles as he is now, no. Uh, well, gosh, in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I love him as well. But in the regular Marvel Universe as he is now, he sort of feels redundant. Mm-hmm. And nothing's really happening with that character to make him feel like his own character. Right. It's just... I loved him in the Ultimate Universe where he like picked up the reins and had to deal with the whole Wally West thing that we were discussing a little mm-hmm. while ago about filling the shoes of a previous hero mm-hmm. and learning the ropes and all that other stuff. And then when they shoehorned him directly into the 616, he just there's no reason for him to be there. Exactly. And you know why? It's because they did Marvel did the same thing that DC did yeah. with the Flash. They took all the great aspects of this character that they built up, i.e. Wally West, i.e. Miles Morales, and then they take those aspects and put them on the characters who really either weren't doing anything, like Barry Allen, or looking for a new angle, Mm -hmm. a new new way to present Peter Parker. Yeah. And that's why both of them feel redundant now. It's a shame. It's a shame what they do. It's... It's the reason why I mostly read independence now. Yeah. I don't. I still love them. There's, I still see that's when people make decisions like that, I understand that you maybe there's too much that frustrates you, but there are people who make blanket decisions like that. I'm like, but no, there's stuff in all of these um, publishers that you can enjoy. You know what I mean? Like there's there's stuff in there. Oh no, there's, right. there's stuff not, that's still there. And I, yeah. I still read some Marvel and some and, and some DC, but I find myself really loving and being involved and fully invested mm-hmm. in more independent uh, works. Yeah. 
Could we do honorary mentions? Yeah, sure. Because sure. I was thinking Naomi really like she she's not there yet. There's but, not enough for her for right. me yet. But I, yeah. I'm liking what I what I've seen yes. so far. Yes. And Isaiah Bradley, I really like. But I again think he didn't get. There's not enough. Didn't of get him. the push that he needed that he deserved. No, he did not. It Isaiah is a great Bradley, character. He was the uh, Patriot. No. No. Who am I, I thinking of? His grandson is Patriot. Oh, Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley is is he was um. He Red, was, white, and black. Yeah. Right. Truth. The book that they refused to put Reprint. back out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with is Blue Marvel back in print? No. I don't think so. No. Blue Marvel at least has gotten a push again with Monica Rambeau and Ultimates, but that's about it. Yeah. And that's just them, you know, oh, we gotta show some representation. And we got some in the back catalog here. Let's mm-hmm. pull them out of mothballs. It's yeah. so interesting to me when people talk about how like, oh, this comic creator so they they love representation. They're all about it. And it's like, well, are they though? So wait, that's, wait, I'm sorry, what? what are you talking I don't about? What you're when saying. people talk about how like Marvel or DC are like really about representation, to me it just seems I think they're definitely doing it in some ways, but then in other ways, I feel like they drop the ball sometimes. Well, especially in the case of DC, DC has a whole lot of stuff they gotta make up for. You know? Um Marvel has been further along than DC, let's put it that way. They ha- they've had missteps, certainly. Um, but Marvel has always at least tried, tried, uh, uh, throw some lip service at stuff. DC, DC's got a, I mean. I feel like DC does lip service too. Yeah, but, like but th- th- there's one thing to have lip service and another thing to have like problematic like history that within the last 30, 40 years. You know what I mean? We're not talking about we're not talking about back in the thirties and the forties and the fifties where oh, that's what I thought you were they, when about. they were all jacked up. No. DC, you can go back to the seventies. You can go back into the eighties when there's still problematic stuff happening mm-hmm. in DC. You can go back to the eighties. I think you're still well into the eighties before you have a black justice leaguer. You know what I mean? Even if you have one at that point. You know what I mean? whereas with the Avengers by the 80s, you've had Black Panther uh, on his own as a member of the Avengers. You've had Luke Cage sub in for the um, the thing on Fantastic Four, uh, mm-hmm. never, let alone Luke Cage having his own comic book. You know what I mean? So you've got representation there. Soon after, in the later part of the 80s, you've got Mount Cameron Bow comes comes around. Mm-hmm. Um Marvel has certainly been more on the on the forefront. I would agree. That. They're certainly the ones pissing off the most people who oh, don't yeah. like representation. Yes. So um, there's some receipts for that. Yeah. Um, we have another email. Oh, we do. Wait, didn't he? Did he have more questions? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm he, sorry. I thought that was the end. He does have another question. He said he posted this question to me, um, and and he's posting it to me because because I'm, I'm African American. So I will post this to myself and to you, Brandon. who listeners may not know is also African-American. Have you ever replaced your favorite white character with a black character based on a good interpretation? He gives an example. Growing up, uh, Clement Lewis, a.k.a. Black Ronin, says, My favorite characters growing up were Spider-Man, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America, mostly based on animation, live-action TV shows, the comic strips, and some comic book stories. But once I started collecting comics, I switched 
Storm for Wonder Woman as my favorite lady character. I became fans of Night Thrasher and Bishop. And after the Christopher Priest run on Black Panther, I replaced Spider-Man, Batman, and Captain America with Black Panther as my favorite superhero character. This does not mean that I hate the former. I just relate to the black character more. Just curious if you have ever done the same. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a character from the big two companies. Uh, I almost did, cause but then um I almost replaced him with uh Duke. Oh, Tim <laughs> Tim, Tim Drake, Drake with Duke. I don't know his last name. In but, but AKA the Signal. Right, the Signal in Batman. Because I read Batman and the Signal, and it was fine. And I realized they were kind of just making Duke kind of felt like a black version of Tim anyway. Mm-hmm. But so it was like he has the same character traits I like, but I relate to him from a race perspective. So that's what I related to, but the character just hasn't been in enough for yeah. me to, for him to actually like get yeah. that push for me. So I haven't that hasn't happened no. I think the only thing that I, one that I could say that stands out to me is um in the 70s I was a Hal Jordan Green Lantern fan and I when I really think about it I really wasn't a Hal Green Lantern fan. I was a fan of Mike Grell, the artist. So I followed him, and he was drawing Green Lantern and Green Arrow, so I followed his artwork. But by way of that, I like Green Lantern, and I liked him in the Justice League well enough and stuff like that. Once the Justice League animated series comes out, and John, they make John Stewart the Green Lantern, who I had known about, who came about in the 70s, who I kind of like liked this character, but he was never like big time out there you know he was like the replacement when you know Hal Jordan got a cold John Stewart became the Green Lantern but when they what they did with his character in that animated series he became first and foremost Green Lantern in my head and and despite what they have done with Hal Jordan messed him up resurrected him and everything like that I still consider John Stewart a more well-rounded well-written character and he's first and foremost my he's my gl so that's how i would answer that yep okay i just wanted to say something (laughs) (laughs) was that it was there more email is that the end of that email that was that was it i will and um say and this is going back into black black tribbles uh way way machine early on on the Black Tribbles, we did a show at the old comic book store which, that you used to work at. Yeah. When it, un, uncanny, but back when it was called Comics and More. Yes. And you had like kind of like a an open, oh, let's say like an, an open table conversation uh, about representation in comics. I did. Yeah. You okay. you, you had it there. Um, and Vince, I mean, not Vince. Um Randy and I and a couple of the triples came came down, a couple of fans of the show, and we spoke about how Randy and I specifically are huge Batman and Superman fans. And, you know, we we identify with those characters. They resonate for us. And I was curious of whether or not any black character and any white person ever felt the same way about a black character. Right. And you, to a degree, while you you said that you can't say that 
any have resonated with you like um, Spider-Man has, that's when you first spoke about how you liked Luke Cage. Yeah. And, and how you had an appreciation for that character, more more of a fondness for that character. And that was the first time that I really heard any white person speak out in, in such a way. Oh. So I just want to give props for you. I you don't remember that, that at all. Uh, <laughs> because I, I my brain works in the way that um, doesn't work. So uh, I always like to hear uh, memories that other people have because I don't have them. But that's I'm, I'm glad that I'm consistent at least. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just woke up when the first uh, black character joined the Justice League. And from what I can tell, it was Justice League of America annual volume or annual number two in October of 1984. And it was Steel. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. That's that's 1984 before the first black Justice League. And it was in an annual. It was in an, yes. Nobody reads the annuals. Nobody reads the annuals. (laughs) And and I will be curious to find out, you know, let's let's just say that he then becomes a member of the Justice League, right? I'm curious, who was in the Justice League when Steel was in the Justice League? Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got Aquaman, Elongated Man. Well, Steel was apparently in Justice League Detroit. So oh, so he go. so he was in with the bum crew. That was remember that's when they went racist with the Justice oh, League man. because it was Aquaman, elongated man, and that's when they brought in Vibe, and oh. Gypsy, and Vixen. Yeah, and, and I think Martian Manhunter may have still been running around there a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think um, and wait a minute, is that actually Steel? Okay, that's I don't my think that's question. The, I don't think that's Steel. Oh, I don't think that that's not Steel. Captain, He's yeah. white. He's white. So the steel I'm thinking of was, I was like, wait a minute. I just got in the death and return of Superman omnibus. I thought to my, I thought that, that was the first appearance of steel. It was. John Henry Irons. Right. Yeah. Steel, You're talking about steel, the guy who's got- Captain, yeah. Cap, he's got like metal skin or mm-hmm. something? Or, he's in mm-hmm. Legend of Tomorrow. He's got all, all metal skin. Yeah. He's so like he can't Colossus. Feel anything. He's pretty much Colossus. He's well, Colossus. Yes, but, but it, at that point- he he grew into that. Uh, At that point, when he's in the Justice League, he basically has a red, white, and blue costume on. He, he may be able to make himself steel, but he's not all steel I at see. this point. It hasn't reached the curse part of his right. gift. Yeah. So wait, so that's not the first black character. Well, if you want to take Vixen, who yeah, was Vixen in the no. Justice League okay. at that time, okay. then you could say that she's the first Justice League yeah. character. But even then, that's when all the main ones left yeah, and it's just Aquaman and his. It, it's like Aquaman and his friends. Yeah, uh, mind you, their headquarters. No disparaging here, but it went from a satellite mm-hmm. to a warehouse in Detroit. Oh, so this was definitely the low rent Justice League. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> DC's like <laughs> Have you guys seen Justice League and the Fatal Five? I have not seen oh, is it yet. out? No. Well, it's not out on DC Universe. I will. Yeah, yeah. It, it hasn't hit there yet because I don't think the physical copy is it out is. yet. I think the physical came out, <clears throat> but maybe not the digital. Okay. Or maybe it's the other way around. No, I no yeah. Cause I think the digital came out first and the physical hasn't come out yeah. yet. Okay. I only brought it up because there is... I remember you and I were talking and I think we talked about there not being black characters in the Legion. 
I think we had that conversation. There are black characters <laughs> in the Legion. It took them a yeah. while, but yes. Because there's a there's a black character in the Legion in this, and so that's why I was bringing it up. Yeah, the black character in the Legion doesn't hit the Legion of Superheroes until the 70s. That's when the infamous Tyrock is created. Mm. Um, we've talked about Tyrock at nauseum. I'm not going there again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he is soon followed, maybe within a about four or five years with their first indigenous character, Dawnstar. Hmm. I think it might have been Tyrock in the movie. I'm not sure. Oh, they dug up Tyrock for Justice League, and then I guarantee, without sight unseen, he either gets beat the hell up or killed. No. But back to Tyrock is a um, that question. While I haven't necessarily replaced black characters, and I haven't really replaced characters in general, but... I do, I think, relate to characters more when they're not st- the like white males, like mm. straight white males. Like mm. in the in Justice League versus the Fatal Five, Jessica Cruz. I really liked her, and I really related. She's to She's the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I really related to her because not necessarily because of her race, but because of the things she's dealing with, like her anxiety and things like that. Yo. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yay! Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just. I got lost on, on thought about. You know, it's it's not so much the color of a character's skin for me, but stuff like that. The things that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. I think, are things that attach me to a character. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think first and foremost. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. So we have another email. Oh, we do. Oh, wow. Yeah. From Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night. A voicemail and an email. Oh, it's just two, two, two emails. Detective Comics whoa, 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 1000. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, he, we did a voicemail. Uh-huh. You're saying we have two emails. I'm just saying. Yeah. So just choose one of his emails. Here we go. Detective Comics gonna do 1000. Both. All right. Detective Comics 1000. Great. This is the one I read. Hey, Len and JD, but mostly Len, because I'm sure JD will talk about it on Spoiler Alert as well. What did you think of Detective Comics 1000? I know Len waits for the trades, but this probably was a special occasion. I enjoyed most of the stories in art. It's hard to pick a favorite. My least favorite was probably The Last Crime in Gotham by Jeff Johns. I also didn't care for Batman's greatest case because we all know Jeff Johns established in his Teen Titans run that Tim is the one who solves the Wayne's murder and carries the gun they were killed with. I also saw some criticism online about the portrayal of Babs and Kate in that story. Finally, I wish Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb had done a follow-up to their long Halloween slash Dark Victory slash Haunted Night stuff. As to the Deadwood conversation and the other podcast I mentioned, yes, Unspoiled is the podcast network. She has a bunch of shows, some for patrons only, but a bunch that are free for anyone. But she also does commissions, which is what the Spoil Me feed is for. It's free to listen to, but people can pay to request her to cover a show or book or movie. And it is indeed the same podcast that covered Harry Potter, Brandon, Chris St. Saucy, Sweet Dreams. All right, so what did you think of Detective 1000? Yeah. Oh, no. It didn't do anything for me. Oh, I thought there were a couple stories in there that I liked a lot. I mean, like, it's like the the one story, there's the one story, maybe it's one of the ones that he mentions, about how Batman takes the the guns that killed his parents and makes it into the chest, the plate underneath his. Thought that was real, his real cool. I think it was really stupid. Oh um, no! Because one, you can't put the same plate under all the different costumes that he's worn, mm-hmm. and two, I thought the storytelling in that was abysmal because again, that was just Jim Lee drawing pretty pictures and mm-hmm. not really telling a story. Um, so that did nothing for me. The 
the cute story is the one where they all gather to take oh, the family no. the photo. It's kind of cute. We're going to get together for a selfie. It actually seemed kind of stupid to me. Yeah. But I could, if you get in on the, like, just catching little bits of conversation and everybody, like, yeah. talking to one another, I, I guess you could, like, you know, like, eh. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that was okay. my least favorite. But, um... But overall, and I don't remember all of the stories, uh, Brandon remi- reminded me of one that takes place in the future where they haven't turned on the back signal for a long time. talking about the last crime in Gotham. The last crime in Gotham. Yeah. That felt a little forced. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, it really didn't do anything for me. Mm. I was like, eh, eh. I kind of, I did buy it. And there's a part of me that, I know they can't do a trade of it because it basically is a trade of its in and of itself. But I have to imagine some type of collection will come out later, probably maybe a hardback or something. There's a hardcover of the 1000. Right, that has all of the covers. Yeah. And I probably, you know, would prefer that so that I can have all of the covers because mm-hmm. some of them are really cool. But as far as the stories, eh. Now that was going to be my second question. What cover did you pick? Oh, I chose the one that has, uh, it's an homage to Batman in the 50s, so it's got all the different um Was that Batman's. Michael Cho? Yeah, I think it's Michael Cho, because it's got like all the Batman's like different costumes mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a nice the, one. That's the one I got. That Bruce Tim one was real nice. I think that was like a 1940s Batman. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, the was big cool. Joker. That was cool. Um, I thought it was a fun uh, compilation of different Batman stories to, you know... Um, varying degrees of uh, success. Yes, I liked it. I especially the one story you didn't like, the one at the end. I really liked that one. I liked seeing all the family together. I really that's something I really like about superheroes. I don't necessarily need them fighting. I really like sometimes when they're just having fun conversations. Although I do agree with his point about Babs and Kate being a little weird. I did feel like it was a little weird that their whole conversation ended up being about Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. That was a little weird. Hmm. But overall, I liked the story. I liked. Especially because I've been reading Robin right now. I really liked Steph and Tim's portrayal. That felt a lot like how they are in the Robin's um, issues I've been reading. And I don't, I haven't, I didn't really see that in Rebirth. So it felt more like a classic interpretation of them. So I really liked that one. I liked the Penguin one for the most part. The Scott Snyder one was iffy for me. I liked the idea of. Um, this new like detective society or whatever. I thought that was cute, but also like fuck you guys. Like Batman's been following clue after clue after yeah. clue, and they've been they just been like running him around all over the world. Like I had some other shit to handle, you guys. Come on. For me in particular, I just didn't. It felt like this is like like every time Scott Snyder writes something, he introduces some mystery mysterious thing that's been around since the dawn of time yeah court of owls you're right yeah. court of owls then metal with like the alternate universes mm-hmm. now this like i'm gonna shake the very foundations of what you believe of the dc universe yeah blah, blah right blah. so it was yeah that was iffy but it's cute i don't think we're ever really gonna see that again i just think it was a cute little i feel like he's gonna involve it in something you think but uh he does have that tendency i didn't really like jeff johns's story either that was the my Which least one was favorite jeff johns that was the the future one yeah, um, I didn't care about that. The last crime in Gotham. Yeah. Well, it was also drawn by Kelly Ke- Jones. Ke- Kelly Jones, which is a weird selection for that. Yeah, for that story. For that story. Yeah, not a big fan. Yeah. I was trying to think of a favorite. Honestly, I can't really think of one. I think maybe the Penguin one or maybe the Tom King one, which was the last one. I think that's about it. And I also don't like like the last page kind of like is like a, like stay tuned. Oh. And I'm like, 
Well, did, I mean, it's, you know, they want people to pick up Detective Comics 1001. Look, but this, let's treat it as the specialness that it is. It's Detective Comics 1000. That's another you thing. You can buy it, put it, put it out there. You don't yeah. need anything else. It's annoying that, like, there's apparently a format for 1000 issues, even though this is, like, the second, only the second yeah, one. Yeah, right. Because this, this is the exact same thing they did with Action Comics, where it was a bunch of vignettes, and then the last one set up um, Bendis's new run. So I guess this is just what they do now. So well, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I just don't think that it was anything. It wasn't good. No, I don't care. It's yeah. the Arkham Knight who is the. It's a video game character was, who, in the video game, was Jason Todd, right. which means they're not going to do it here. But like, I didn't care in the video game, so I'm not going to care here. Right. But anyway, oh, so I wish Tim Sale and Jeff Lode had done a follow up to the Long Halloween stuff. I disagree. Uh, I think those three are good. Yeah, uh, I think it's a little, nice little finite. Especially seeing, and I, I I feel bad saying this, but Tim Sale's current work. That's true. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen his current work. He did. Uh, if you look at Captain America White. Yeah. That. Yeah. I did look it at that. That didn't look that good. Not. For me. Yeah. It's it's That's funny. It. It's funny because like my my Batman art wise will always be Marshall Rogers, but Tim Sale is a very close second. Mm-hmm. Yet. I look at a lot of his other work, and it's very hit or miss. I, I mean, honestly, I think the only other really cool thing that I like a, that he did, I liked his Daredevil. Um, the, like I guess like a Daredevil type of year one type of thing. That was cool. And he's done... That's his cover. And I also, I think he did a... Um, and, I, and I loved uh, Superman for all seasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his earlier stuff, I think, is... Pretty good. That's not I super really early. hated. Are you serious? Hold, hold on. I really hated Superman's face. I loved it. He was he's yeah. just a big, big super guy. Yeah, that's the sound. Yeah, I liked it. I laughed so hard when I saw. I was like, "Oh, poor Clark." Oh, I liked it, but yeah, it looked anyway. like a big corn-fed, you know. Yeah, that's true. Super that's guy. True. Um. All right. Anything else before we... I think Brandon has said he has questions. Oh. Yay. It's Brandon. And someone has... Black Ron has said he likes Brandon's questions. I got so. questions. There's so many of them. Okay. They're, they end with question marks. They start with... As most questions tend to letters. do. Um, do we got time for like a sort of long one? It's up to you guys. I have a shorter one. Let's do the shorter one. Cool. Um, so I'm I was hungry. thinking... Think of the character that you think is the most boring or overdone, because it remind it was inspired by our conversation last time about uh, Barry Allen. So think of the character you find really boring or overdone. How would you make them appeal to you specifically? So not necessarily like bring them back into the spotlight, but what would you write? How would you write them to make them specifically appeal to you? Like a story where you'd be like, I don't like this guy, but this one story was super great. That's a good question. All right. I'm going to answer this. I have two answers for you. I'm going to answer the question, and then I'm going to throw the controversy out there. Um, A character that I think is boring is, hmm, that's a good question. All right. I I could, I'm tired of ragging on Barry and Hal, so I'm not going to rag on them. Um, Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say 
I can't think. I'm trying to think of someone that's ultimately boring enough that I care about. Well, I don't want to choose them because I rag on them all the time. Well, the problem is choosing a character that's boring is they're boring, so you don't care about them. Right. So uh, I, the, the names that come to mind are Swamp Thing, mm. Man Thing. Mm. Oh, um, wow. A typeface. Typeface? Who, who was a... He was uh, Paul Jenkins' uh, Spider-Man villain. Oh, okay. He was, uh, I believe he was like some sort of Vietnam War vet or something, and then he, he throws sharpened letters at people. <laughs> um, who else is, who cares about? Um, hmm. Hmm. Wolverine's kind of so overdone that I don't care at this point about him. Yeah, like he's become the, the only way to make him interesting to me was they killed him. And God the bless. Wonder Twins? Yeah, well, I'm just thinking of characters I don't give a shit about. Yeah, that's not that okay. Space Ghost. Okay. Wow. I've never got in. I've never understood the, like the 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 allure of a Space Ghost. He's cool looking. I will give him that. Alex Toff can come up with a cool design, but the whole idea that the all of his powers, except maybe his flight. As a matter of fact, I think it's even his flight are in his bracelets, which he has to press a button for, like, that really got on my nerves. Because he talked about how they are so, like, people are so scared of him, yet every other episode, every other comic, he loses his bracelets or he gets manacles put on and he can't touch the freaking buttons. So, if you wanted to make Space Ghost interesting, I would take Space Ghost and I would actually make him a ghost. I would kill him ah. and thus make him the space specter. Oh. Maybe only getting one good story out right, of it. Right, 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 right. But that's what I would do. Is that a similar problem you have with Green Lantern? Because I know you said you don't like that people say he's so cool when he only has the ring. Well, it's a similar problem, but it's different because Green Lantern, while he has the ring, is still his willpower. So it, it's still psychic that he makes mm. it work. You know, Space Ghost literally it has three buttons that he, he has to press one of them. You know what I mean? So if you, if you put a manacle on and you only cover two of the buttons, one of those buttons might be the one that he needs to get out of the freaking manacle. So, like, no. Green Lantern, I mean, you know, he's done... There's been some interesting things with him, so I can't say he's wholly boring. You know, I actually didn't mind the CG animated TV series that they did with him. I loved him in the New Frontier, Darwin Cook's um, uh, comic, and then his movie. I actually don't mind the Green Lantern in the animated DC movies that they started, those new 52 ones. You know, he's a little bit of a of a jerk, but at least he's doing something. Everyone likes him because it's uh, Nathan Fillion. Right, and plus it's Nathan Fillion. So I, so I can't rag on him so much. And Barry, I just want somebody to shoot him. So it, I, he's so boring that I can't remake him. I just want somebody to kill him <laughs> again. I don't care about Green Arrow. See, I was going to say Green Arrow, but I couldn't come up with something. To... I can't either. I'm I'm trying. And the thing that always kind of bothered me about his character was he's a rich man who hates rich people. Mm-hmm. Right? It was always him like, ah, oh, those fat cats and blah, blah, blah. Was he rich during that time in the 70s when he was, or 70s, 80s when it was like hard traveling heroes? Well, if I remember, I think he actually may have lost his fortune. Is that, that why point. he all of a sudden yeah. he was a hippie? Yeah. 
Um, because yeah, he's, it, it always seemed weird that he was a character that was he was also just Batman with green things, an arrow cave and an arrow mobile and well, very much so in the, arrows in and his, stuff. Yeah, it wasn't until the seventies that he really got a uh, a character. He, he was created basically as Batman with yeah. arrows, and even even to this day, I think, and, and I don't read Green Arrow anymore, but he still seems like I'm a young rich man, and uh, I fight crime. So again, he's still just Batman. So if I were to do something different with him, whole cloth, and like maybe make him an agent of something, mm. make him more of a James Bond character mm-hmm. that happens to use arrow based accoutrement. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's hard. It's a hard character because uh, he, he shoots trick arrows, and uh, he's just the the is the word I'm looking for pastiche. Yeah. The the cookie cutter is just oh, it's Bruce Wayne. But if, when I was thinking of because I was with you with Green Arrow, and I was trying to think of what would I would I do, and the only thing I came up with was two things. One, I would get rid of one of his arms. So then he's yeah. he's kind of which happens in every dystopian DC future, right? He, he winds up losing an arm somehow, Dude, right? Yeah, it's like cheese shredder or something gets him, right? So so, but I'd have him in today time lose his arm. I'd have him marry black black canary. Oh yeah, um, but then I would make him a house husband. But when I was thinking about that, so he's still got to be like you know Arrow. So maybe he's fighting like you know the crime on the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and then. Then how much was that also the Hawkeye book? Right. That's so then I was, I was like, about, yeah. so I was like, so you're still not doing anything new. So that's why I didn't suggest uh, Green Arrow. Now, if we're talking about representation. It might be interesting if we he lost his arm mm-hmm. and we had to tell the story of him figuring out how to continue on with. You know, his whole bread and butter is using both arms to shoot arrows. True. So working out another and don't give way, him a prosthetic. Right. Give him another way to become. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, abled, or yeah. what's the what's the phrase? Um, abled or capable? Handy capable or whatever capable. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, do stuff. Um, yeah, so do him. That might be an interesting thing to read. Yeah, I was thought of, thought about that, but then it was like, but do I still care about the character enough right. that I would read it? And I right. don't. I don't think so. I don't know. He's just a boring character. I really don't think so. But hey, at least it's, it's, it's at least an effort, right? It's an idea. Does that answer your question? Yay. Yay. Yeah. You know, right. they did something like this years ago with the Atom when they had, they didn't know what to do with the Atom. So they shrunk him down in such a way that, one, he couldn't grow anymore, and he became kind of like this um, almost like Conan character in mm-hmm. this land of, like, you know, little, little yellow people. Mm-hmm. Um and I think primarily because it was drawn by the legendary Gil Kane, it actually looked pretty cool. It sounds cool, actually. It was yeah. actually pretty dope. As a matter of fact, when they started doing those DC animated shorts yeah. on um th- th- on the TV, yeah. they-, they did a series of them with the Atom that were based on those comics. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. The, uh, Frank Miller also did something like that with um, Dark Knight Strikes Again, which is the yeah. sequel. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a whole sequence of the Atom is fighting this giant sea monster, mm-hmm. but you find out that he's actually in a Petri dish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of... Yeah, that, 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 that's not really the same thing. Cause that, yeah. was, that was Frank Miller taking a shit on the Atom. Oh, all right. Anything else? You had another question, didn't you? Oh no! Did you answer the question? 
I did not. I was hoping we would just skip past that because because you didn't have an answer. I don't. I I thought of a character. I don't really find Martian Manhunter that interesting. Ah, and like people, mm. I've seen people good describe good how one. great he is, and it just it never nothing about him like gets me. Maybe I'm wrong, but the, he seems like one of those guys that comic fans, certain comic fans, like to be like, nah, he's my favorite character, just so that they can have a different favorite character than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. is that? Yeah. Is I that, think that's what it is. Does that sound petty of me to say? But it's possible. I mean, there are some people who have like gone on and on about how there's this and that so great about like Steve Orlando's run and stuff like that. But just for me, it just seems boring. So I was trying to think how I would make him more interesting. But it seems like he's too powerful. And well, so the, he's sad about fire. Right. It seems like the way to make him not Superman is to just make him sad all the time. Yeah. And then that, but I, I find that boring. So I would make him a little more upbeat. But then he would use his powers all the time, and he'd be all powerful. I guess maybe I would embrace the like the alienness of him. Or no, actually, I would do the opposite. And I would go full Superman and embrace the like non alienness of him. Like I'd make him want to be an Earthling more, and mm-hmm. like want to relate to people more, and want to be seen as an Earthling and stuff like that. So I think that's well. I'm really just thinking about the stuff that Darwin Cook did with him in New Frontier. New Frontier. New Frontier. Yeah. But that's where this character starts out. But after you have that character for so long, eventually that character has to develop, right? Mm-hmm. So eventually he has to like. Be like, oh, okay, well, no, maybe it is good for because that's the arc of the character is to discover. Well, I can be myself. It's more important for me to be myself than to try to fit in with everyone else on, on Earth. So again, that's just like a nice little year one fix, but I don't think that fixes the intrins- intrinsic boringness of the character. What my answer to that is, and I, I'm, I'm surprised no one's done this yet, is what if he really liked Oreo cookies? You now solved you it. Gotta, now he you got, got a character he did it, that's guys. interesting. JD's done it. TC's going to call you up tomorrow. They're hiring you. I've actually always thought that that was kind of a cute uh, thing that they did. Yeah, I kind of like that he likes Oreo cookies. That's cute. I like that he likes Oreo cookies, but I would still like him have him like Oreo cookies, but where I would go with him, uh-huh. I would I like and I I forget where it's got written into canon. I think it's canon. That his whole thing with fire is more psychosomatic. Yes. That it's not, he's actually, not actually weak to it. Right. It's just he's scared of it. So I like the idea of him overcoming that fear and then not only being able to fully embrace who he is and fully flex all of the absurd number of powers that mm-hmm. they've written into this character. Yeah. Um, but also embrace his humanness or his alienness in wanting to be human and in wanting the best for the for earth or at least the segment maybe city of earth that he has uh, decided to call home and adopted and then him not only becoming the protector of that city but the leader of that city and now he has to deal with like governments have to deal with him. He literally takes over one city and it becomes like this utopia hmm. because he technically, if he overcomes the fear of fire, nobody should be able to do anything with him. Superman, nobody. Yeah. Yes, Randy, nobody yeah. should be able to do anything with him because he's got the whole mental powers and the superpowers. So if he really then locks in like, yo, all of you who live here, 
you are protected. Nothing will come come you because you are now my family. Right. That would be something really interesting for it. That would be kind of cool. That yeah. would be kind of cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yay. All right. We did it. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk. Um, you can, I don't know, come to my store. It's 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. You can yep. leave us a voicemail. You can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex. You can leave a couple of dollars if you want to at um, Patreon slash Johnny Destructo. Or you can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or coldpopgo at gmail.com. Or Brandon at come to JD shop. It's great. But <laughs> we didn't do um our thing. You want to remember you said you wanted to do like what's the thing we wanted to shout out? Oh, I'm gonna say Teen Titans has a new trade paperback that just dropped last week. Teen Titans Full Throttle by Adam Glass and Bernard Chang. There's a brand new team. It's led by Damien. Uh, it's got Kid Flash. It's got a whole bunch of new characters in it. And uh, this has been a bucket of fun. I have not enjoyed the Teen Titans main series um, for quite a while now. And this is great. That and Young Justice. Okay. The That's new, two the things. New, yeah, When's going to pull off your mic? Oh, damn <laughs> Um, I would recommend there's actually I, I watched this movie that just recently hit Netflix. It's called Irreplaceable Yours. It's with Google and Patha Raw, uh, as well as um, Chris, Christopher Walken in a very understated role. And it's um, and she falls in love with um, she's in the lead and she falls in love with this uh, this young guy whose name I. I actor I'm not familiar with, but they're childhood sweethearts destined to be together, and they live their life under that destiny, full throttle in love, until unexpectedly a uh, uh, a tragedy comes into their life. Um, the the lead act the lead actor is Michelle Huseman who plays Sam and Google and Batha Raw plays uh, Abby um, and it was called Implaceable, Irreplaceable You oh you I'm sorry not yours yeah, Irreplaceable yeah. You um, oh Kate McKinnon it's really a very sweet tender funny um, impactful movie and I was actually very surprised to enjoy it. it's a tearjerker like a motherfucker um, but it it pulled at the heartstrings in all the right way for me. Sometimes I love a good tearjerker. I think you would uh, like. Th- I yeah. think you really would like this film, JD. This is right up your alley, man. Noise. For me, I would shout out. I watched uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I watched it all in a night, and boy, was that not a good idea. Because um, like, it's not. People have compared it to Black Mirror, and I wouldn't say it's like that it's not super depressing but it, there's just a lot of like violent things it's a lot of violence a lot of sex yeah a lot of nudity sometimes felt a little gratuitous it's not a little gratuitous yeah. so yeah but um some of the stories were great some were just okay but i would suggest that have you but, seen yeah. love death and rockets i saw robots? the first four or five vignettes well you can't say first four or five because the uh, they actually have it set up so that um it's different for everybody? It's different for everybody as far as the sequence. Well, I can tell you my favorite one so far. Okay. The Witness. The Witness. It's the one mm. with the girl chasing the guy. Oh, really? You like that one? The, that I one. have never seen 
animation like that yes, you have. in my life. Oh, yeah. It's Spider-Verse. Yeah. No. It, well, it's not spider It's close to... It, nope. It's Spider-Verse-ish, but it's... But, but that, that one is extremely gratuitous. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It, it, I mean, okay, well... It, it's an interesting story, but it, the gratuitous nudity in that and sex yeah. really just left me cold. It I could I could see that. that. I was so enamored by the style of animation, which I would say is very different from um, Into the Spider Verse. They are both groundbreaking animation styles mm-hmm. that are very different. Um, there are parts of this that I couldn't. I was like, is did they shoot this and they just like animated over actual film? Like the rotoscoped or something. Rotoscoped, like that. yeah. yeah. It's so cool looking that I, I my mouth was agape watching it. Mm. I think um, there's a lot of them that I like. There's the one. Oh, I also like the three robots. Oh, that that's my favorite. <laughs> that's one. funny. The three favorite, the three robots and yeah. the cat. Yeah. That was oh great. man, that that's funny. It's so it's so knocked down funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the commentary that it it it, it mm-hmm. makes of human civilization and everything. Um, then there's the one. With the that ultimately is the battling robots, like well, the, the battling like monsters, you know, mm-hmm. um, that is psychically led. That one is like crazy hype. That's dope. Yeah. Um, I love the end of it. Oh, I love the end of that one. Uh, I like the one with the farmers in the mech suit. That one I didn't like as much. I didn't like the animation style as much. Oh, I it love It felt that. very video gamey. I really like that one. But I like the end of that one too. The revelation at the end of that. I like the um, what is it? Is it a, is it a bowl of no? The yogurt. Did you see? You haven't seen the it yogurt was, one. That one. That one might be my favorite. Yeah, the, yo- so the you got to see the yogurt one. Oh, okay. JD, you really do. That one is really cool. Uh, uh, the bowl of yogurt is is all that. Is there a live action one in here? There's one that has some live action in it. Because yeah. it looks, she looks like the actress from. Um... That's not live action though. The one you're looking at is not live action. Oh, is that the woman from Orange Is the New Black? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not live action. It, it, but I think that one is has more of the look like you were saying, like rotoscoped. Mm-hmm. But there is one that is one. mostly live action, oh. with um, where this this couple moves into a uh, an apartment. Is that their freezer? Yeah, it's like this, this whole mini universe growing in their freezer. That yeah, was kind of cool. I just too. saw the picture of it. That was kind of cool too. Computer, that's funny. I, yeah, I want to finish the rest of them. I do think that it's a, a fun little anthology series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen a lot of hubbub online about people not being happy with. Yeah, it's problematic. Which one? It feels All very, of them or? a lot of it. Like I said, it's, it's it feels a, like early '90s Matrix type aesthetic. Some of it, but it. It's really some really great animation. Yeah. It's some really cool storytelling. It's just that there are the ones where it's gratuitous. It's very gratuitous. Yeah. Um, there's also another cool one that's, um, uh, I guess you would call them like they're hunting down like these vampires. <laughs> that one is that one's got a more of a 2D animated feel, but it is super dope. Oh, nice. Oh, it is so dope. No one's sucker of souls. Yeah. Um. Another one that I really liked. I'm just remembering was Shapeshifters, which is the one with the Marines. Yeah. I, see, I didn't see now that one, which is a cool story. I didn't like the animation in that one. Hmm. That animation definitely feels like two steps back. To me, it felt like some of them. I felt like they should have just made it live action. Like they got so close that it was like, why not just? Because you know, yeah. there were just some moments where you could tell it wasn't, and it was like. 
just make it. Well, that one felt, that one has, and I bet JD will point it out the second when he sees it. It, it all the characters, they're really well, you know, designed, but they've got, you know how some of those CG characters have like dead eyes? Yes. This one, that, that's what pulls you out of it, the um, dead eyes in it. Um, one I didn't really like was Alternate Histories. That was the one with like Hitler. Remember? Oh, yeah, I remember that. That one. was the last one for me. And it was like after all these great ones, it just seeing that was just like this is unnecessary. Oh, there's another cool one, JD, that um, about I can't remember. You maybe can look up the the title, Brandon, mm-hmm. about the um, and it takes place like it's got more of an anime style. Um, I know what you're talking about. Deals with uh, like like these like this this wolf spirit. And like man's inhumanity to the spirits, huh. and um, the spirit in, in such a very cruel way. This one definitely has a um, animatrix vibe to this it. One was, it was good hunting. Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, that one is. Oh, that one is. That one guys dark. Yeah, but like, I love it. Way darker than I was expecting. It does. It does go go dark, and that one has nudity, but is done in such a way that I don't. It doesn't feel gratuitous. It right. definitely feels in line with the story. That's that's a really good. Yeah, you got to check. Oh, ow, I can't wait for you to finish this. Nice. DD. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it. I watched a chunk of them and then we went to bed, and I never got back to it. Yeah. Uh, oh, one final thing. One more thing. Shazam. Go see Shazam. I think people are seeing it. Are they? Yeah. Like, what's it done box office wise so, so far? One only, I thought check. it was like only like fifty million or something. Oh really? That's like baby baby boy numbers. <laughs> That's not that million. Aquaman numbers. I'll take fifty million dollars. Yeah, sixty five million accumulated, I think. Fifty five? Sixty five. Sixty five. Right. Is that domestic? Uh, I would assume. I'm not saying at a time because <laughs> Endgame's coming up and y'all are gonna not go see Shazam when Endgame's you out. You just gotta so. admit that Endga- that while Shazam is okay, it's no Aquaman. You shut your filthy, <laughs> no, dirty mouth The thing mouth is, Aquaman had, had the space all to itself. Yeah. Shazam is coming in between Captain Marvel, which got everybody revved up for end, Endgame. So all they're doing is waiting for Endgame. Somebody asked me, they came into my shop, and we were talking about how much we loved Shazam. But maybe you guys have an answer to this. Was it pushed back? It's a Christmas movie. I think it was, but I don't know if... Released in I'm not sure when it was April. supposed to come out. Or, March. When did when was it released? I forget. April, right? Which which movie were we Shazam. talking about? Shazam. It was it was just released. And it's in April. It was in April. I don't remember if it was like April or like just, yeah, I think it's just April at 5th. the end of March. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think yeah. it just came out last week. Oh, it was it I feel like it's been out for a while now. It's because we we saw it early. Yeah. Didn't you guys see it on last Monday? I don't have a sense of time, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leave well, me alone. Yeah, so it's just it's, it's just, been out for thirty two years, Brandon. <laughs> this is true. I have I raised two children in the space of time <laughs> that the Shazam movie has been out. Are you going to see Hellboy this week? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to see it this week, but I'm, I'm, probably, I'm, gonna see I'm it. probably not going to see it. I never Listen, cared about Hellboy. If I am just peripherally interested in a movie, I enjoy going to the movie so much that if I have a reason to go see a movie, I will go see it. So Hellboy, while I'm not banging down Hell's door... Knock, knock, knocking on Hellboy's door. I am going to go see it just because I like to eat the popcorn. And I like to have my soda. And I my, my got goobers. <laughs> so you're a popcorn, soda, and goobers guy. <laughs> Do you mix them? I've heard that's good. I've never done Oh, it. I haven't. Like, I've heard people pour the candy into the popcorn. Yo, we went to get, was it Shazam that we did this? I saw, uh, I'll tell Brandon the story since Len doesn't know it. 
So we went to go see Shazam. And a couple of weeks ago, I finally broke down and I bought, they've got popcorn that is Cheetos flavored, right? So it's Cheetos popcorn. It's popcorn with Cheetos dust and then Cheetos pollution. And then they've got actual Cheetos in there. And I tried that, and it was like a small bag, just enough that it was delicious, and I enjoyed it. And then I went up this time, and I said, well, did you look at that? They've got nachos made out of Doritos. <laughs> and the picture, if I may paint a portrait, is it's, it's these lovingly crisped uh, Doritos, and it looks like maybe it's been covered in, like, sprinkled lovingly with uh, string cheese-like bits, which is shredded cheese, mm-hmm. and it's been baked over top of it, like you would at home, maybe, if you're going to make your own nachos. And I said, man, Doritos with some grated cheese on top, melted, I want that. Give me that. And then uh, she said, here you go. And she gave me a bag of Doritos with just the the yellow-orange cheese um, pollution. Mm-hmm. It's just like the squirt, squirt, squirt right. stuff. And I ate it. It was still good. It was still good. <laughs> I still ate it. Uh, I felt like a monster. I got food for the first time when I saw Shazam. First time in a while. I'm sorry, what? I got food. Like, at the movies. Oh, you generally you know, don't get food at the movies? No. Do you, oh, because you buy it ahead of time? At no. Like Wawa? I get food after because it's cheaper. You sit through a film yeah. without crunching on something? Yeah. You're But now I have amazing. A-list, so I didn't have to pay for the movie, so I got food. I got chicken tenders and curly fries. They were real good. Yeah? It was real good. I didn't pay for a drink because I had lemonade in my backpack, so I just drank that. But yeah, it was real great. I like to bring a big like Ziploc bag just <laughs> just filled with spaghetti. Here we go. Yeah. Here you go. I'm super Here you excited. Go. You and your Jeff Kanata. I love it. Um, I'm excited for Endgame because it's of three course hours. You are. So I'm going to have to eat food. I might get like a large meal. I'm real excited to just sit back and relax. Since we're just <laughs> shooting the shit, I guess this is Yay. just gutter talk after hours. Um, Len, <laughs> Randy had made a post about, uh, I guess people are bragging that the Marvel movie Endgame is three hours long. Is that some sort of thing that's happening online that I'm people missing? Are bragging about it? Yeah, he's like, who cares if your movie's three hours? Oh. Like, what? I haven't seen what? people bragging. I've seen people this being was excited. What, Randy? Uh, we, we, you asked me to understand what Randy? <laughs> the thought process I don't of our know what son. All right. I don't understand. Because I didn't see anybody being like, yeah, look at our movie. It's three hours. I've seen people being excited about it. And maybe some, maybe like the Russo brothers might have bragged about it, but most people yeah. are just like, "Yay, we're happy that it's long." Yeah, and we get like this is going to be a full story. I don't know if people it. are happy that it's long. Maybe they buy into the fact that it's being close to three hours. It means that it's going to be a definitive story, like an epic. Yeah, but but I don't know. I'm not looking forward to sitting in a movie theater for three hours. However, if you are looking forward to going to see Avengers. Uh, Endgame. Endgame. The Black Tribbles, along with Black Sci-Fi, the Malcolm Comics and Coffee House, we are hosting a screening of Avengers Endgame on Saturday, April 27th at 10 a.m. here in Philadelphia. You go for more information on blacktribbles.com or follow us on social media. Check it out. Come join us and watch the the uh, Endgame with us. Also, if you buy a very special ticket, we're going to do a talkback of Avengers Endgame and it's going to happen at the Philadelphia Franklin Institute within their brand new Marvel superheroes exhibit. That's awesome. So it's going to be pretty dope. Very cool. All right, let's let's shut up and get out of here. I got to eat some food. I am hungry too. Yeah. Uh thank you so much for joining us and we will talk at you later. Da-da-da!